Welcome to Measure Matters, the podcast that delves into the world of pressure calibration and metrology. I'm your host, Aaron Rayner, the Director of Marketing at Menser, and today we're sitting down with Paul Giffen, the Regional Sales Manager, to delve into the crucial factors that one needs to consider when selecting a pressure controller. So let's not waste any time. We're going to jump right in. You're listening to Measure Matters, a podcast by Menser. Paul, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. So give us a little background on how long you've been with Menser and what your position is. Well, I've been with the Weika group of companies, first in South Africa at Weika, and then I came over in 2008 to join up with Mensor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been here a total of 28 years. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. So has it always been in a, a regional sales manager capacity? No, I was a product manager in South Africa. Okay. So I used to visit head office a lot, learn the products and do training and go out with the sales guys and be a product specialist, if you would call that, when we visit customers. Okay, so Mentor kind of poached you over here, kept it all in the family. Yeah, I was looking at leaving South Africa with my family and we wanted to try out some different things and I found that calibration technology was one of the areas I would really like to develop into Mm -hmm. and uh, this was a great opportunity at the time that came up. So 28 years ago, was calibration technology something that you were into at that time, or is that was that a new avenue? No, I was an instrument technician. So okay. I worked on a chemical plant, and I did instrumentation, and they wanted technical people that had a technical background that's, that worked with instrumentation and say, we need technical specialists. So, so I came from the trade, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, no, no. So 28 years then, you've seen a lot of changes over the industry, I imagine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Weicker itself now have so many other different products that I know nothing about. I thought <laughs> when I came here, it was only calibration technology and maybe SF6 gas or something. Now they've got equipment that I, I don't even recognize when I go on the website. We've, so, grown, we've just grown so much. Well, what's one of the biggest changes that you've seen just in pressure calibration alone or pressure technology? Well, I think it's just the advancement we've had, like with these products you've got here with touch screens, um, removable sensors, Mm -hmm. all that kind of happened in the mid 2000s. And it was kind of a trend that Mensor really pushed and it made our competitors follow. Right. And it was quite a quite a, a big change to what a controller was in the past. So along that lines, we had Steve Keithley on here uh, two episodes back, and he was discussing the decommission of the CPC 6000. And we had the 6050 here as well. And just seeing the difference between those two was, it was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, I want to know why the 6050 isn't even here now. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing, man. We're falling apart over here. It's our bread and butter product. I sell (laughs) 90% of my controller sales are probably CPC Uh, 6050s. I'll I'll be better, I promise. I'm sorry. So, well, that segues into the topic of discussion and the reason I brought you in, because I feel like you're uniquely qualified to kind of give us a little insight on this. So, um the topic is how do you go about selecting which pressure controller you need, whether you're just getting one or you're outfitting you know, your entire uh, uh, industry or lab? Well, it really depends on what, first of all, what the customer's application is. Mm-hmm. If he's a cow lab, you probably aren't gonna sell him a CPC 4000 unless he's got some low end calibrations like dial gauges, uh, 1%, half percents. If anything more than that normally would be the CPC 6050 where you've got an accuracy down to 0.008%. So really most of the time it is the CPC 6050 mm-hmm. that you would choose in a Cal Lab environment. 
And when you go to like a maintenance facility, then it would be more towards the CPC 4000. Mm -hmm. Not to say that a Cal Lab wouldn't use a CPC 4000. They might do lower accuracy devices and you don't want to hang up a, a primary standard on doing multiple calibrations that just need a lower accuracy device. Now, what do you mean by that? You wouldn't want to do a primary standard off of? Well, like a deadweight tester. Okay. And then you're doing mass pieces and the primary standard is more valuable. It's getting a lot of use and wear and tear over it just for something that's only a one or a half percent device. Mm -hmm. So you can move over to a more efficient, higher speed um, controller for calibrations. But everybody always refers to our products as calibration products, which they are. But when I go to my customers, I would say a good 80% of them are production. Ooh, so okay. they're putting them into production lines as they're building like sensors of their own. Okay, so then when you go to a customer's site or you're uh, quoting a particular need, why is it important to choose the right controller? Well, because of the accuracy. Mm -hmm. um, if you get a highly accuracy a controller in a production environment, for example, uh, yes, it might be more accurate than what you need for a specific calibration, but one controller will cover a whole different range of products that you're producing. Oh, okay. So having a 0.008% or a 0.01% in a production facility is quite typical because one sensor could carry a cover a whole lot of different ranges of sensors that you're building. Oh, okay. So, so I don't look at these always as a calibration device. I look at these also as a production device. So in, is that across all industries in that aspect? Well, it, it's different. You know, I mean, of course, you've got the Cal Labs. Mm -hmm. and in that case, it's completely different. And they're calibrating one device at a time. Mm -hmm. um, there's just, to me, there's two different industries that I'm always in. It's either some production environment or an actual calibration environment where a Cal Cert is being issued for every device that is, is checked. Okay, so then would that determine the factors that someone would consider when picking out these controllers? Yeah, that would be. I mean, obviously, it's how deep the customer's pockets are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it all comes down to the, it's a budget, you know. I mean, I remember the first car I bought when I came to the USA cost the same as the CPC 6050, <laughs> you know. So, I mean, a small little Cal Lab, this is a huge investment mm -hmm. even into uh something such as one of these so then what's the value add there you know put on your re, put your salesman hat back on and then you know sell me on that because if you're talking about a significant investment then there's got to be a value add or a proposition to it well all of our customers look at what are they going to put the product through mm -hmm. and what is the cost of ownership how long is it going to take for them to pay this product off you know, they're charging maybe 200 bucks for a Cal cert. How many Cal's are they going to do mm -hmm. before they pay off this particular piece of equipment and start making money? Mm -hmm. And there's also an annual recalibration fee that has to be factored in too. Mm -hmm. And that really makes the customer decide whether he wants to spend the money or not. Okay, so then can you give our listeners some insights into the different types of pressure controllers available in the market? Uh, different types, meaning um, accuracy or speed. I mean, sure. like the 3050, for example, that's high speed. Mm -hmm. And that's a really unique controller for customers that have a high speed application, mm -hmm. maybe for increasing the speed of their production. Maybe they're doing calibrations very, very quickly, multiple calibrations of the same range, and they want to knock them out quicker. 
uh, there's a very, very smaller market, I would say, on the 3050 as opposed to the CPC 4000. Okay. And then the CPC 6050, to me, is a huge market. And that is, as I said earlier, probably um, it's our bread and butter product. Okay. And what about high pressure? Well, high pressure, we then start moving over to hydraulic. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got pneumatic up to 10,000 PSI. Okay. Uh, I get a little bit nervous when we're hitting 10,000 PSI. <laughs> Stored energy, there's a lot of energy there. So hydraulic, we're currently going up to 50,000 PSI, but then that's a hydraulic controller. And those are really specific customers, either sensor manufacturers, oil and gas, really where there's high pressure, because mm-hmm. how many people out there really are going to 50,000 PSI? Well, give that some context real quick for some of the listeners that may or may not know when it comes to pressure, because like I can go, you know, uh, air up my tire at about 32 PSI, let's say. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about 10,000, it's kind of like large numbers. You really don't have a, a grasp of it. So can you put 10,000 PSI into context? Well, I don't know, because every time I go to a customer and 10,000 PSI, that's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, <laughs> you you break open a bottle that's got 10,000 PSI in it. Um, but um, Is it like actually, something that's going to go through the wall and into the parking lot? Or? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, depends on how it's set up. But um, it's a lot of customers I go to, some of them don't. They say high pressure is 100 PSI. Oh, okay. We're doing high pressure, it's 100 PSI. And I'm like, that's not high pressure. <laughs> but then you go to other customers and, and you know, you say it's 5,000 PSI and they're like, ah, that's not high pressure. We go to 20,000 PSI. Oh, how fun. So different customers perceive high pressure differently. I've got one customer that's got shields that come down and buttons that you have to press to make sure your hands are out of the way and they're dealing with a couple hundred PSI. And I've got another customer with 10,000 PSI, and he keeps sticking his head around the cabinet to see if the <laughs> connections are still okay. We'll be sure so, not to name any names, yeah, right? No, no, yeah. <laughs> so, it really, pressure is really how you perceive it, I guess. That's awesome. So, then the things to consider, like um, pressure range, level of accuracy, um, the importance of stability, the environment conditions, that was something that uh, Philip... Um, Romero talked about with the different environmental factors that come into play. Um, but is there one that is most important across all industries? What one factor that's mm-hmm. most important? I don't know. You've kind of asked me a question. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, what's your intuition about it? Like whenever you think about uh, all the different factors that come into play throughout the industries, what's the one that's, that, that, that always comes up? Or is there one? No, I don't think there is one. Um, I've kind of messed up this podcast right now because you're throwing questions at me. No, 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 no. You're doing great. Right now, (laughs) that's okay. I think that's the the beauty of the podcast is that kind of gets you more relaxed and you can just kind of you know uh, flaunt your expertise for one, but then ask you questions that maybe listeners are thinking, but we don't get to get asked directly. Um, and maybe, you know, this may be one of those questions where it's not even relevant. You know, it may be specific to the industry um, because I imagine um, that the need that the customer has is really going to determine which one you go with. And those factors are oh, interchangeable. Yeah, absolutely. yeah they, they'll, they'll tell you, you show them what products we have, you give them the accuracies mm-hmm. and you tell them what is the features of the products, removable sensors for calibration time, how you do all that and 
how the screens work, and the customers will really, at the end of the day, make the ultimate decision. Right. I never work out accuracies for uncertainties for customers. I mean, I'll help them work it out, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they must make the decision because if I get it wrong and they spend $20,000 on a piece of equipment and it's, it doesn't cover everything that they hoped it would cover, then they'll come back to me. <laughs> so I'll help them work it out and they'll, they'll like, say, you at the, told yeah, us. at the end of the day, they've got to make the decision that, that it was configured correctly to their needs. Uh -huh. And that's why I have zero comebacks on, on configuring it incorrectly or because uh, they make the ultimate decision. Nice, okay. So is there any industry that, that has uh, more unique challenges than others? Oh, every, every one is unique. You know, you get some customers that want to blow up balloons and we've got the custom service, cust uh, custom systems department for that, but they want to like blow up air balloons mm -hmm. and then you need a controller that can handle massive volumes and volumes that change. Mm -hmm. I mean, you put one of these guys up to a balloon and you put in 10 PSI and it'll keep putting 10 PSI into that balloon and it'll keep getting bigger and bigger until it pops. Um, then that's a different application right. that would need a product not like this, you know, something custom, uh, custom systems would build. So do you have like a top of mind, most unique scenario whatever industry it may be, where you had to kind of figure out which pressure controller to pitch them? Or do you kind of have a, a go-to that you're like, hey, this will handle everything? Well, look, I'm a salesman, so I always sell from the top down. <laughs> okay. Right? Trying to make as much money as I can. <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, um, it's probably the 60-50. Mm -hmm. um, that really is a real good product. And I look at these products as offering the customer a lower cost solutions for things that the 6050 might not be able to do such mm -hmm. as high speed or the customers that require a lower accuracy um i would say that's where i stop picking and choosing from from these other products okay so then it just comes down to the need again yeah we've got a product for everybody mm -hmm. i mean if we can't have it out of our standard products we've got custom systems we'll just go over there and say hey can you build this for us and they'll, they'll build it for us. So I've got such a great team of engineers here. If I've got an application I can't handle, I just run to the closest engineer and what can we do? And they'll make something. So is Mentor unique in that way? Oh, I believe so. Absolutely. Because uh, that all we do is these controllers. Mm -hmm. So all we do is pressure. We've got competitors and they do a whole range of other products. Mm -hmm. And I know our customers struggle to get hold of the right person. Well, here they pick up a phone. I want to talk about the CPC 6050, and even our front receptionist knows what a CPC 6050 is. <laughs> Everybody knows. And the same for the uh, 3050 and the 4000. So, so would you say Mentor is best in class? Oh, absolutely. I work for the company. <laughs> what else would I say? So, we'll be cutting you a check later, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was one cut already before we started. <laughs> so then... Um, Certain industries such as aerospace and pharmaceuticals have uh, stringent standards and regulations. Um, are there any specific industry standards or regulations to meet? And how does Mensur's offerings, um, you know, meet those standards? Well, they, wherever I'm going, it's normally about the A2LA, mm -hmm. the traceability or NIST, whatever the customers are looking for. So, um, you know, there's more things, I guess, when going over to Europe, such as the CE mark, things that the European industry require. But on our side, it's mainly really the calibration. That's okay. the main topic. Okay. Does traceability come up 
often all, with customers? all the time really and how does how to get it recalibrated how frequently you know once a year typically and it doesn't matter and what industry yeah it doesn't matter what industry really? i mean that's that's really because these are calibration products and even in a production environment there has to be a traceability mm -hmm. you know to make sure that these guys are reading right because you're going to make a product that isn't going to be right if these aren't giving the right readings the right pressures so <clears throat> 28 years in the business and you've seen uh, the pressure controllers uh, come up from the CPC 6000 all the way up to the 6050. We have the high pressure hydraulic options, of course. Um, tell us a little bit about the importance of communication interface uh, when selecting a pressure controller. Because I know that this, the 3050 and the 6050 have some updates as far as communication interface is concerned. Well, they've got IEEE, RS-232, Ethernet, um, USB. Uh, some of those have been added on over the years. Um, but really, what customers are going over to now is probably Ethernet. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of customers using the IEEE. Uh, there's a lot of LabVIEW out there in the production environments where I am. Typically, most of the time, it's LabVIEW. So it's an easy sell because the customer has the software already. Um, the Cal Lab environment, we have a Weica Cal, which uh, communicates to our controllers, and uh, you can generate Cal certificates and things oh, wow. like that. So we do have in-house calibration software for a calibration environment, mm -hmm. a Cal Lab environment. Um, otherwise, it's really the Ethernet or IEEE with LabVIEW in a production. And what about if they have a different offering or a competitor's? Uh, application or software in place do we have compatibility oh yeah we've got some of our competitors uh, command sets uh, the language if you'd call it that mm -hmm. is inside these controllers and it's just a, a you can quick press a button have it activate it and in most cases we can cover our most important competitors put it that way okay <laughs> okay so <clears throat> is that crossover is it something that pertains to do to just a couple of our products or is it just the, the whole range i'm aware of about two or three of our products mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily everything it's mainly in the controllers mm -hmm. i mean we don't do it with like handhelds and we've got some pressure transducers that might copy other protocols from other transducer manufacturers too um, but we're high-end high accuracy we don't really compete with many transducer manufacturers unless uh, it's lower accuracy which we don't do oh okay we're, we're a precision company <laughs> so we don't have time for that sketchy stuff yeah so. <laughs> mensor it's measurer right that's so, right that's so right. latin for measurer so that's awesome we know what we're doing so then as a regional sales manager do you do you stick to one part of the country or are you all of united states or what, what's your territory i'm basically east of mississippi mm -hmm. but they threw texas oklahoma and, and louisiana and that at me at the same time okay so there's two of us basically in the u.s mm -hmm. and uh, we manage uh, rep companies isn't texas kind of its own country anyways you know oh absolutely <laughs> you know? so then in terms of uh getting out there and reaching um the different industries or customers uh specifically like trade shows i believe you got one coming up in october yeah Yep, we do. Automotive Test Expo is what I do every year. Mm -hmm. So um, we will definitely have the CPC 6050 there. Um, I think we're having the uh, 3050 there as well. We're mm -hmm. going to show some high-speed stuff. Right. And uh, are we having the 4000? You know, actually. You're the one that, that's sending off the equipment. So I'm actually quizzing you. Your boss, oh, you know, okay. put me in charge of making sure that you're, uh, you know, and on the level. And we're having a pretty cool indicator, actually, <laughs> from Custom Systems. 
Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we can just plug all of our transducers that we make in, into one little indicator, and there you go. And uh, I think that was cool. your idea, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> and I believe we've got a Wika dry well that we're taking with yep. us too. So, well, what else could you include on the topic of selecting the right pressure controller? Is there anything that we missed, or perhaps something that uh, you feel is important to share? Um, as I said once again, it's really customer specific, but. Um, no, I think that we've kind of covered it. I think you did it pretty well. I do what I can. Yeah. So last so. question is, do you have a favorite customer? All my customers oh, are that's favorite right. customers. <laughs> Good answer. Okay. Good answer. They're, all, they're all important. And no customer is too small. You know, we've, I've been out to a customer and it took me a whole year just to sell a CPC 4000. And he's still an important customer and it doesn't matter the size. It all adds up at the end of the day. Well, we're glad we have you. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Well, that's all the time that we have today. Hey, Paul, I really appreciate you coming in to help us better understand the, the critical factors that goes into selecting a pressure controller. Hey, you can check us out on all our social media channels, as well as comment on our info.menser.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe to Measure Matters for the most up-to-date information on all things metrology.